When you're green, you grow. And when you're ripe, you rot. And it's true. When we are just to the point where we're, you know, we're learning in our careers, we're learning in our current role or in our job, there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement and we're growing and we're thriving and we're being vibrant. When we've been there too long, we, our attitude goes down, we're not engaged, our productivity goes down, and we haven't changed. We've just hit a different place. This is the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast, your source for the strategies, systems, and insights you need to turn your dreams into your destiny. Every week, we dive into dynamic conversations as our host, Nicole Greer, interviews leadership and business experts. They're here to shed light on practical solutions to the challenges of personal and professional development. Now, here's your host, a professional speaker, coach, and consultant, Nicole Greer. Welcome, everybody, to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. My name is Nicole Greer, and they call me the Vibrant Coach. And I have another, yes, I know, another special guest, Kimberly Gerber. She is the founder of Accelerate, an innovative leadership development firm that specializes in coaching executives and their teams. And when you take one good look at her, you won't believe this. But for 30 years, Kimberly has helped transform the impact of more than 1,700 leaders. That is a lot of coaching across industry-leading companies, including Verizon, Revance, Blizzard, USC, Whirlpool, UCLA, Westcom, and the list goes on. She is the creator of several innovative leadership development programs, and we're going to get the download on those. Maybe she'll drop a few nuggets in so that we can get a little bit of learning done today, um, where Kimberly helps senior leaders create a strategic vision, which is so needed post-COVID in our world where everybody's worried about the inflation. We need a vision. And she helps them build strong cultures, or dare I say it, vibrant cultures. She also elevates leadership presence and helps them finesse their communication to strengthen their impact on teams and organizations. So we have the mother load here today, Ms. Kimberly <laughs> Gerber. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm really excited to be here. I love you know your idea around a vibrant culture because I think that that's really what we're all seeking is places where we can feel and be energized and engaged and excited. So I, I just love it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was sitting in a seminar, you know, I bet you you're a seminar junkie too. Those who teach seminars are seminar junkies. That's what I know. <laughs> and they do a few. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. And, you know, because we can't get enough learning, you know, that's why. right. Uh, but I was sitting in there and they were they were sharing a statistic that I think I've probably heard before, but is is so true. It's all good to be reminded. It's like we spend one third of our life at work. Yeah. I mean, it's just really simple math. Right. And so um, and to be in a culture where you're where you're energized and what what I like to call lit is so, so important. Yeah. And, and what I also realize is that people have so much untapped potential. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I, and I, it's funny. You said a third of their lives at work. And I know I work with a lot of executives and I guarantee that the part of their life that they're spending at work now, it might be one third for the whole continuum, but right now it's more than half, right? It's two thirds uh, is what they're spending. And, and I thought about when I was young, very young, just starting out in my first corporate job, I thought, you know, work was work and life was life and you keep those two things separate and you know who cares like how you show up at work just get the job done but it did not take me very long to realize that work is life and to have and to contribute to the you know the positivity of the culture is essential and to be a person who really understands that just going to make you someone who's better and more successful at work and in life 
I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I get frustrated when I ask somebody a question and in the coaching session, they're like, you mean my personal life or my professional life? And I'm like, it's all one. It's all life. life. <laughs> yeah, it's all one life. Because here's what I know. If you're having a bad day at work, you bring it home to the people at the house. If the people okay. at the house were having a bad day, we bring it to work and vice versa. If we're having a great day at home, we bring it to work. And so we got to work on every aspect, every aspect. Yeah. And so as I introduced you, we talked about the fact that you um, help people in their leadership roles. And I know yeah. I'm selecting definitions uh, of leadership. So okay. what's your definition of leadership? Oh, it's a great question. My definition of leadership would be someone who uh, behaves and communicates in the way that people want to follow. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, this whole thing about lead by example um, and be somebody who's likable, trustworthy, all those kind of things. It's so huge. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, you know, one of your programs that I'm really interested in, and if you're interested in Kimberly Gerber's program, you can go to iaccelerate.com backslash programs and see all the things she has to offer. One of the programs you have is taking charge of your career. I don't think people stop. I mean, like you get kind of in the rut, right? Going through the motions, yeah. getting up, making the coffee, walking the dog, dropping the kids off and going to work. But uh, I love this idea of taking charge of your career. Would you share with my listeners how they sure. might be more on purpose? Absolutely. So something that I observed, um, I did not set out to be a promotion coach, if you will, it really never even occurred to me. Um, however, something that I realized as I was coaching in the earlier years was that a lot of my clients would end up being promoted. Sometimes they wanted to be promoted, sometimes they just were. And I, having a, a little bit of a, of a researcher in my background, but also in my personality, I started to really look at like, oh, you know, what, what is it about this person or that person that makes them more promotable? And, um, and, and thus began kind of a study of how people navigate their careers. And, and I actually thought a lot about my own career and how I had navigated from a very early age, I was um, easily promotable. I guess I have some of those qualities that especially early on people like to promote. And what occurred to me from the groups of folks that were easily promotable versus others that may have been just as effective and hardworking, but weren't getting the promotions, was that it was assertiveness was was not um an overly ambitious which can be off-putting type of of style but people who really were like i know what i want i'm willing to do what it takes and i'm just gonna main, maintain you know control if you will of my career and and i also observed a lot of things in over the last you know 20 30 years both as a leader and then as a coach where careers are derailed, even by people who are getting promotions and they're happy about the promotions. There's a lot of places where careers can be really derailed. And go, going back to that thing that we talked about where work is life and life you know, affects work, if you're not in control of your own career, you could end up in a place where you're desperately unhappy or worse, sick and imploding your own career because you got to a place you really hate. And so I've seen, a, I've seen just across the board success stories, but I've also seen real train wrecks too. So this course was really all about helping people at any stage in their career. They could be starting out their first job out of college. They could be mid-career. They could be senior to really stop and say, who's driving my career and can I drive it? Because working with leaders, middle managers, high potentials, all the way up the ranks, there's also um, a, a feeling in a lot of people that they don't really have control that it's not you know it's 
if I want to stay in my company, which I love, then I'm just going to have to wait for my career. Or if I do all the right things, then I'll get picked for the next promotion. And I, that's just a myth. And it's a myth that a lot of people buy into. They, they don't feel like they're in control. So I created this program that really helps people understand where they are. I have a, a tool that I created. It's called the Career Snapshot. And it's a point in time where, at any point in time, you could take it out. You know, I encourage people to look at it at least once a year, but you know, usually several times a year to look at. You know, where am I at today? What are the what's the 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 job I'm in today? What's the skills required and what is the behavior required for that role which is a piece that people and then they're doing their career planning and their visioning it's so easy to think this is what i want to be you know when i grow up or when i when i get somewhere and we do have that that's part of the the entire process however people forget to go backwards like as they grow their career what are the skills and what are the behaviors that need to be developed along the way what are the ones that pair with every step in the process. And so there's a, the snapshot, which is a great starting point, takes a, it helps people take a look at that. And if they're willing to be self-aware, they can say, okay, look, this is, this is what is required today. And this is where I'm at. And these are my gaps. And then where do I want to go? Not five years from now, but next. Where do I want to go next? And what are those skills? And what are those behaviors? And because the people that are willing to be, to put their hands on, on the driving wheel and, and in that program, I use a car and driving and traveling and journey as the metaphor. So people who are willing to put their hands, you know, 10 and two and really take control of their career, they're willing to look at where they're at and where they need to go. And in that attitude and behavior and those um, less tangible skills, they're able to start moving in that direction more quickly. And because people are, you know, they're, it's easy to take a class, to get a skill, to, to learn in place, you know, take on a project and learn something that's, that, you know, intellectually how to do a job, but it's the leadership elements. It's the, it's the, the interpersonal relationship skills. It is the ability to network and to self-promote without being obnoxious or distasteful. It's all of those skills um, that are that people they don't they don't tend very well unless they really understand where they want to go and they take into time the time to understand how to get there. The other thing that I, I really love to help people do is to do a little career latticing. And what I mean, you know, we all know the term career ladder. It's step one, step two, we go up. It's it's you know, we, we walk up. Well, a lattice has you know, go sideways as well. And that can actually go down as well. And sometimes taking a step back to take a step forward is not a bad idea. Um, but, but career, like doing laterals is often an amazing way to build your career really fast. However, people tend to get egoic in the career decision-making process. And um, they're afraid to take laterals. They're afraid to take a step back or they feel like, um, a step back or a step sideways is um, akin to a failure. So in this program, I give lots of different examples of how, when it's a good time to do it, why it's a good time to do it, how to do it to to not you know take a hit to your personal brand and how people are perceiving you. Um, because everyone wants that success glow all the time, but sometimes that gets in the way of really good career decisions. But and 
if you have your hands on your own steering wheel and you make a confident decision, it's very liberating. It's very liberating not to have to feel like I'm on a hamster wheel, I'm competing with everybody all the time. And so, so I talk about that as a way to really stretch your, your skills, stretch your, your behavioral talents, if you will, and really show people what you're made of. The thing that happens if you're in a company that you like and you really want to grow in that company, when you move laterally, you get to imprint the organization in really different ways, very creatively, and you get exposure as a more well-rounded person to lots of different people. So when there's opportunities for real advancement to into you know, senior management or executive levels, you've got lots of different champions in the organization, not just the vertical you might have started out in. So that's uh, you know one of the things I talk through as a way to to really keep your hands on the wheel and to accelerate your career. Um, the other thing is my favorite way to grow a career is to create your own job within an organization, and that is something that is super fun, but people often don't think of. And this is again it going back to people don't feel like they're in control of their own career, so they don't think that they can create a job. You know, if you're in your mid thirties and you, you know you see all the people around you, it's, it is the latter. However, if you have a multiple you know, ways that you have experience and talents and you see an, a need in the organization that you can uniquely meet, I have seen and helped many, many dozens and dozens of people create their own job. And in that way, there is no competition because it's a job for an N of one and that one is you. So that is often a, a really fun way to, to advance your career. And there's lots of other best practices that I talk about in that program, because everyone, when you start with that snapshot, we're all at a different place yeah. and, and we all have different needs. I, you know, there's the, there, I talk about 10 different ways to advance your career and most people aren't thinking about them, but if they were, if they were thinking about where they were on their career journey, where they want to go ultimately, where they think they want to go anyway, and where they're at right now, they can start looking for different ways to to drive their career forward um, but i also talk about not driving too fast now let me ask some questions about your previous points so that we can kind of dive a little deeper would that be okay perfectly fine okay you can see awesome. how enthusiastic i'm super passionate about this <laughs> i can tell i can tell and i love it um so I, this idea of a career snapshot so she's saying take a really good look at where you are currently in your career and then looking ahead, figuring out where you want to go. And you said, you know, oftentimes you'll find that there are some gaps in your skills and in your behaviors. Mm -hmm. So how would somebody go about actually figuring out what their gaps are? And maybe you might have a story that would illustrate this so people could see what you're talking about. Yep. Great question. The best way to find out those gaps is to have a conversation with your peers and your manager. So the career snapshot is something that I often, if not always, give to leaders that I'm working with so that they can start that, that conversation with their team members. But it works in the other way too. So if you have the career snapshot and you want to have a conversation with your manager about what your career potential is, or and not like, hey, I want a job, I'm applying for this job, but I, I want to see where you see me. This is a great, it's one page, so it's very light. And you can say, you know, give it to your manager and say, I'd love honest feedback. If you would take time to, you know, write some thoughts down and then we can meet, then I'll come with it too. I'll share you with you my thoughts. If you would share me yours, then they, 
it opens up a really great conversation. So whether a manager brings it to an associate or an associate brings it to a manager, it's just a really good tool that creates a safe space for a conversation because there's a permission giving in there. And it's, it's assessments. It's our assessments of other people's or our own skill set. But if that conversation is, if both people want to have that conversation, then it creates opportunity for the gaps to be exposed. And it's a great mentoring opportunity for leaders, whether they initiate it or respond to it, because it's like, hey, if this is where you want to go, maybe you want to tell your associate, like, there are things that you're great at, but they will not get you where you want to go. So let's talk about where you want to go. And let's talk about those behaviors. Let's talk about those skill sets. And what I love about the process, the tool, if you will, is that, you know, it's not part of a review. It's part of a dialogue. And something that I wish for more people was a little bit more easy to have in organizations. Managers tend to feel or leaders tend to feel like, oh, if someone wants to talk to me about their career, they might be a flight risk. Well, that prevents a lot of healthy conversations from happening. Are you ready to build your vibrant culture? Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team, conference, or organization to help them with their strategies, systems, and smarts to increase clarity, accountability, energy, and results. Your organization will get lit from within. Email her at Nicole at VibrantCulture.com and be sure to check out Nicole's TEDx talk at VibrantCulture.com. I know when I'm coaching with folks, I might say, you know, they may say, oh, I, you know, I want, you know, I want to be promoted. I want to make more money. Um, Of course, life's expensive. We all want a little more money, Um, but that's not the reason to push on an organization to get a promotion today. So if someone's bringing that to me, or if I see that they're kind of getting where they're like, ah, they're just getting a little stuck where they're at. I bring out that same tool and I say, hey, let's have this conversation. How many, the the tool actually has on there. When do you, when do you want this next promotion? And if people say like in six months, you know, I'll back them off that unless they're truly ready and say, well, six months, maybe when you can start showing that you might be ready, but let's give yourself plenty of time to actually build some of these new skills because behavioral skills and practical skills, tactical skills or technical skills, they take more than a couple months to build up. And so um, helping people also see that it's a journey and not something they have to get to right away is very de-stressing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so when you talk about the skills and the behaviors, can you give us an example of like skill sets that most often pop up or behaviors mm-hmm. that most pop, often pop up that people, they could accelerate, uh, which is the name of Kimberly Gerber's organization, I Accelerate, um, how they could, um, you know, intentionally on this, uh, after listening to this podcast, they'd be like, you know, I need to be working on these skills and these behaviors. What do you see most often in all the coaching you're doing? Sure. I'm going to narrow down a time frame. Working on the whole continuum for very young people, it's going to be different from people who are maybe mid-career, very different from people who are maybe more senior. So if we look at that midsection, and in particular, high potentials, people who are fairly ambitious, they want that promotion. The things that often come up for those folks in terms of the skills that are missing that aren't specifically tied to a discipline, so it's not in their functional area, but the general skills that would be gaps might be strategic thinking and planning. That's a big one. A lot of times we we spend a lot of time in our early career doing the tactical planning, the brainstorming, the ideation, and the strategic thinking, the strategic planning is left for more senior people. 
So it, there ends up being a big gap at a certain stage. So that mid-stage, there is that. Building a business case and selling your ideas in, in the organization is what I would call a, a technical skill that people at that stage, they need to learn because they can get more of what they want. You know, they can get the budgets they want. They can get the approval to do the projects that, that they want and the way they want them if they know how to build a business case and sell it to the senior leaders. So those are two things that, that um, are important. The other thing that comes up a lot for about 60% of the people at that mid-level is really building cross-functional relationships. Because what happens for folks at that age, you know, in that kind of, in that level, particularly if they're high potentials, is that they want to separate themselves. They want to, they're, they're kind of pushing forward. They have that edge, that ambitious edge about them often. And that can impede those collegial relationships. And so they have to be thinking mindfully that the people in their peer group are as important to the success of their career than as senior leaders, and sometimes more so. So you really want to be building um, social capital. You want to be building you know, strong relationships cross-functionally at your peer level, as well as up and down you know, your direct reports and your, and your direct supervisors. So those are some of the technical things. The behavioral things, confidence, executive presence, that's huge for people. Public speaking, I guess that's more of a technical one as they're getting up there. I hear that a lot. And I hear that at the executive level too. So a lot of times if we're working with executives, we're very specifically working on presence and speaking. Those are important things. And sometimes people get very far along in their careers without those skills. But then if they want to get to the C-level, people are like, ooh, I just don't see them there because of how they show up. So hence, we do a lot of presence training, a lot of public speaking. Those are just some of the things. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, she's talking about, you know, uh, taking charge of your career, which is one of her great programs over at iaccelerate.com. We're talking with Kimberly Gerber, and she's talking about a tool she has called the Career Snapshot, which helps you take stock of where you are now, where you want to go, and where the gaps are. And she shared with us so far that uh, you've got to get your strategic thinking in place. You've got to have some skills there, building a business case, and then building relationships uh, laterally, up and down the ladder, um, and building social capital. And of course, uh, working on uh, behaviors of confidence, executive presence, and public speaking. So did you get all that written down, everybody? That's so important. All right. So you said you have the career snapshot, but then sometimes you talk to people about doing some career latticing instead mm -hmm. of going up and down the ladder which I have never heard that before. And Kimberly, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, you said, I've got some examples of people that have taken a step sideways uh, mm -hmm. the ladder, like gotten on a different ladder for a little while. Yeah. Uh, will you share with us an example of that? Um, you said that it provided great exposure for them and they became much more well-rounded and I think ideal to move up in a company. Will you share an example? Sure, sure. Lots of examples. Um, one uh, somewhat recent, a client looking to go on a C-level track and their uh, primary focus is in, more in um, accounting and finance and doing very well there, highly respected, uh, but feeling stuck. They were not being looked at in any way, shape or form for anything more than where they were at, which is at a, was at a high level. It's already like at a, at a controller level, but that isn't where they wanted to stay. And 
finance and accounting is one of those areas where you really can get pigeonholed and then you're on the ladder because, and you have to wait for an opening. And maybe there's uh, places within uh, finance and accounting that you can move to. But again, if there's not a lot of turnover in the company, you might be waiting a long time. And this was an individual who just really did not have that kind of temperament. They really didn't want to wait. And um, when we're working with organizations, we're really always working first and foremost for the individual within the organization, but always with the goal to build and keep the talent in the organization if that can be managed. So this individual needed something more. They were just, um, <laughs> I heard this um, saying early on in my career, sitting in a seminar, um, but it stuck with me. It's one of those ones that stuck with me. It's really helped me see that sometimes people need something different. And the phrase is, when you're green, you grow. And when you're ripe, you rot. And it's true. When we are just to the point where we're, you know, we're learning in our careers, we're learning in our current role or in our job, there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement and we're growing and we're thriving and we're being vibrant. When we've been there too long, we, our attitude goes down, we're not engaged, our productivity goes down and we haven't changed. We've just hit a different place. This person was in a different rotting place. And so I suggested, have you thought about doing a sideways step into the organization? Very risky, right? You're gonna move out of a career in finance into something else in the organization. In this case, it was operations. If you look at those two things, the talents used are very similar. So they took a step sideways into an operations role, which was a risk for the individual, was a risk for the company too. However, this was a leader worth investing in, worth taking that risk. And they did really well. They applied the same great talents that they had in finance to operations. They actually started some quality and process improvement that otherwise wouldn't have been started, you know, that they, they had great results. And so later on, when a senior operations role came up, that actually required some financial analysis and it required a lot of both of those skills, the organiz it, it was no question who was going to be ready for that role. And the only reason they were ready for that role and got that role is because they had made that lateral step. If they'd stayed in finance, the company probably would have gone outside and looked for someone who was more of a generalist operator with a lot of financial GM, general manager background, but they didn't need to because they actually had bred that it right in their own organization. So that's an example of how the lattice works. Mm, that's fantastic. That's a great story. And, you know, I, I think the thing too, that just resonating with me is like, we're, we're never high, high enough on the ladder that we can't gain additional business acumen. Right. And like, you know, go hang out with salespeople for a day. If that's not your thing, go hang out with the marketing yes. people for a day. You know, all of this helps you see how the whole organization works together. Oh, I love yeah. that. All right. So everybody, we have been talking with Kimberly Gerber. She is talking about one of her programs, which is called Taking Charge of Your Career. And I absolutely love this topic. You can find her over at iaccelerate.com. And she shared with us um, the idea of doing a career snapshot and then also considering a career latticing move. So these are two really cool concepts that will help you build a vibrant culture and build a vibrant career. Hello. Uh, so I have so enjoyed having you on the show, Kimberly. Uh, tell us where we can find you other over other than over at your website. Where else can people find you? Well, people can also find me uh, at KimberlyGerber.com. So those, the, there is a little bit more, um, you know, it's a website that 
also has some interesting information about speaking, but it talks, it's, it's really more about me and my philosophy on leadership and life. So um, those are two places and my email and phone number are, are both of those websites and just happy to, to hear from you know, anyone. And if anyone would like the career snapshot, I'm happy to send it out to them. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I tell you what, send it over and we'll stick it right here on the podcast. Okay. I will do that. Hello, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, all right. Very good. And you can also find her on LinkedIn. It's just Kimberly Gerber, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y Gerber. And she's also over on the Facebook, Kimberly Gerber Accelerate. Uh, it's been so fantastic to have you on the show, Kimberly. Do it. Do us a favor, all of you vibrant culture listeners. Go down, click the I like this episode button. Leave us a little comment, a little love for Kimberly. And um, we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more like-minded listeners. Remember, the journey to building a vibrant culture never stops. Stay inspired, keep nurturing your vibrant culture, and we can't wait to reconnect with you on the next exciting episode of Build a Vibrant Culture podcast.